Pastors Larry and Tiz welcome you to another New Beginnings Church podcast. Go deeper into God's Word with practical messages and lifestyle studies that will equip, inspire, and encourage you in your relationship with Jesus. Get ready to be fit for life. New Beginnings is a um, um, well-established Bible teaching, full gospel church. And we have a pastor who has led us to understand that uh, Jesus, our Savior, was a Jew. Um, He was a practicing Jew. That means that he did all of the things that were prescribed in in the First Testament. I call it First Testament because it really wasn't old and new until the Christians got a hold of the Bible. They're the ones that made it old and new. And so when they talk about God's feasts in the Old Testament and things to do, um, it really never stopped being something that we ought to be doing. So Pastor Larry does teach that salvation completely comes through Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection. Um, we do the whole Bible front, front to back. A lot of the things that we practice here are not unto salvation. We're not, you know, adding this for any kind of a work and we're not making it legalistic. Um, just a quick sideline story. We have a darling couple that volunteer here and uh, she just had a baby. And so we wanted to send them a, um, Thanksgiving meal and they preferred ham to turkey. And so I read the email that I got about, you know, ordering ham, and I kind of giggled because I eat kosher, and a lot of our staff eats kosher, but a lot of our people don't, including my sweet husband. He does not eat kosher either. So it's not unto salvation. It's just unto if God calls you to it, then it's something that you want to sanctify and eat that way. Um, I started eating kosher when I had been diagnosed with cancer, didn't know anything about Jewish roots. I was in a wonderful little Baptist church. Um, but when I went to a clinic that was talking about how to get the body in line, they gave me a diet that actually was kosher. I didn't recognize it. They didn't call it kosher. They called it healthy eating. So I figured that when God told his children what to eat, he knew what the heck he was talking about. And so once I came to new beginnings and, and realized that the diet that I'd been put on was actually a kosher diet, it was like, I've been doing this already for 10 years. So that's why I eat kosher. It's like a double dip, once for health and once for for biblical. The other unique thing about New Beginnings is that um, Pastor Larry, because of his education, he has, uh, he's like one class short of two degrees, but he's a a teacher. That's, That's what his degree is in. And his subject was history. So he was in college on a football scholarship, and he has, um, he's very smart. So he has all of this history already in line for who said what, what happened when, and when he started studying uh, Jewish history, he realized that a lot of things that he had been taught in the church were not true. And so he is able to read the scripture. He now reads and speaks Hebrew, but he's able to read the scriptures and understand that some of the things that have been translated one way could have another meaning. So for a lot of us, it's kind of exciting when we hear him come in and we see that he's all amped up about something because we know that God has downloaded something to him. Now, if you watch a lot of Christian television or if you're plugged into other ministries, you'll realize that sometimes when God disperses his wisdom, it's like he throws it out to the masses. 
and those who have ears to hear and eyes to see, they pick up on it. So sometimes pastor will be teaching a message, and all of a sudden Jonathan Kahn will come up with a similar revelation. He also is a, a Jewish man. He's what we call a completed Jew. He's accepted Jesus as his Savior, and he acknowledges that. But there are a number of different pastors who kind of hear the same message, but very seldom and I'll just say very seldom because you shouldn't say never, um, does someone get the same revelation connection that Pastor Larry does? He is able to research words and bring understanding, and we go, holy cow, how come no one else has discovered that? So welcome to New Beginnings Church. Um, you'll find that, again, this is kind of an unusual uh, church family. Some people come and stay from, from birth to death, and then others come for a season and are here and learn and then launch into some other place. I received an email this weekend from a couple. Um, do any of you remember Ann Meyer? She was the tall, slender actress that went to, to California. Okay, they just moved, um, and they are out of California due to California, and um, they're somewhere in the upper uh, East Coast states, and they're in a little church, and they were trying to teach them about biblical roots. And so she said that, uh, was there anything that I could recommend? So I'm mailing her some books. So that's kind of the family that we are. Um, We have people in every state that have been through the church, have learned something, and then God's called them somewhere else. But I like to think that they're missionaries. (laughs) So they're still part of the family. So Anne is over there teaching her pastors at her new church about biblical roots. Isn't that crazy? I just love it. Well, let me open up in prayer, and then we'll get into the lesson of today. Father, we come into your throne room this morning, and Lord, we are so thankful that you have allowed us to be part of your holy family. Father, we also thank you that it has nothing to do with us. There's nothing we can do to earn it. The only thing we have to do is accept the free gift that Jesus Christ paid the price for on the cross of Calvary, the seven places where he shed his blood to buy back what you had intended us to have from the beginning. So, Father, thank you for that. Thank you for each one who's here this morning. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for those that are on their way. Guide them and protect them. And, Father, right now we lift up Pastor Larry. We thank you that Jesus paid the price for him to be whole, and we speak healing and wholeness into that knee. Thank you that it is now pain-free. He is able to rest. And thank you, Heavenly Father, that the surgeons that are going to be taking care of this issue on Thursday have divine inspiration, and you will guide their hands, and the surgery will go in perfection. Thank you, Father. And all God's people said, amen. We had um, a lesson on uh, Ladies' Night Out about some of the lineage of Jesus. And I was only able to talk about one woman during that time. But today I kind of wanted to go a little bit deeper in who she was and what it was about. Um, How I started was that sometimes at Christmas, you know, we watch the Hallmark movies, by the way, Spoiler alert, I love Hallmark movies. I, I can watch them just back to back to back. Poor Don. He walks in and is like, okay, I'm going to watch football in, in the TV room. Okay. Um, but we watch the movies and we see the homes that are decorated and the handmade cookies, all those things that aren't necessarily happening in my house. And we're excited to see it and we love it when someone else does it. And we celebrate whoever brings any homemade cookies. But sometimes it kind of goes uh, in our spirit because we aren't doing all of those things that we're seeing. So the first thing we need to acknowledge, number one, movies aren't real. So those people that are in the Hallmark movies, they don't live like that either. Uh, That's number one. And then number two, um, whatever it is that we do for our families, 
And if we're single and we do it for ourselves, it's an honor for us to give that to the Lord. And if it's just a couple of candles extra with a little bit of sprigs that make the house smell nice, that's enough. If it's lights outside, inside, everything around, just absolutely screaming and yelling, that's fine. It's a matter of saying, okay, this is what I'm able to commit to without going crazy for my Christmas decorations, and I will celebrate it, and I will not allow Satan to put any guilt or condemnation on me. Recently, when I was studying about guilt and condemnation, and it was like once I pick up that bait in the trap, because that's what it is, it's bait in a trap. Once I pick that up, then I can't have the fullness of God inside of me because I've taken some of the real estate of my soul and put something that doesn't belong there in it. Now, I still get blessed, but I can only get blessed for as much room as left. And heaven forbid I think about that and talk about it. And every time I meet somebody, I talk about it. I just, I can't get the Christmas tree up. I know I had it up before, and I know I have paid to have it decorated, but this year just isn't in my budget, and, and I just can't get the, then I keep filling up that void with the negative that Satan has put the bait in the trap, and then I miss out on what Jesus had paid the price for me to have. So we're going to take a look at this gal again, and I've, I have a testimony. Um, it's, it's not horrible, but it's bad. And so well, I have always loved the lady that we're going to talk about today. Um, when the children of Israel were coming through and they were, and Joshua was leading them by this time, and they were going to go around uh, Jericho. And I said at ladies night out, you know, I used to sing the song, Joshua fit the battle at Jericho. I love that song. Well, Jericho had been following the news reports I don't know how they did news in those days, but they knew. Of all the things that had been happening with the children of Israel, all the miracles that God had done. Now, they were a a mean, ugly, perverse group of people. They had always been at war with God's children, all of them. And Joshua sent two spies in. Now, this is not the promised land they're going in with the ten spies. This is a different group. And so these two spies go into the city, and they're looking around, and they look different than the rest of the folks. It's kind of like... When um, I'm from Portland, Oregon, that's I've been with Pastor Larry and Tiz since the Portland days. And uh, in Portland, uh, I didn't realize that we were more tailored, I'll put it that way, in our style and our dress. And um, I worked for a bank. That's where my most of my career was. And I was downtown in the tower. That's what we called it. And uh, I got in the elevator to go up to the 20th floor, and uh, a man pushed the button, and he stepped in, tall, distinguished. First thing I noticed is that his nails were buffed. Nothing wrong with that, but, you know, that many years ago, that was an unusual thing in Portland. And then I realized the man was in a full-length mink coat. And I just turned forward, like, and I said, good morning, sir. You're not from around here, are you? It's kind of like a cowboy in a movie with, with Miss Kitty or something. And he said, uh, no, I'm, I'm not. And I said, you know, that's a great coat. I said, but I don't see many of them on the street. You know, my door's open, and so I stepped out. So sometimes it's real easy to recognize when someone is in your area that doesn't normally belong there. So that's kind of how these two spies were. I mean, I'm sure they tried to blend in, but nonetheless, they stood out. And somehow, they got into an area, and I'm not sure whether they just didn't know the lay of the land, whether they saw a light on and figured they would go talk to somebody. I don't know. But somehow, those two spies ended up in her business establishment. We'll call it that. 
And as they were chatting with her, she recognized that they were not dressed like the normal. And so she realized that these were two guys from the tribe of Israel, the Israelites, and that they had been hearing stories. Now, just let your mind kind of run wild for a minute. Uh, this is you know, not, not biblical and certainly not taught by Pastor Larry. But just think about it. If you were a lady of the evening and um, these guys came, you had probably entertained a number of gentlemen that had stopped in that had been traveling. So she probably had a pretty good idea of what was going on in the world. She probably heard all kinds of stories. But something inside of her let her discern what was true and what was not true. What was something that she gravitated towards and something that she stepped away from. And somewhere in that exchange, she made a decision that these two men were from a group of people that she believed, number one, knew that God was with them, number two, and she wanted to be involved with it. Now, the first thing that comes to my mind is she didn't have any hang-ups about her occupation. She was a lady of the evening. (laughs) But she didn't have that, I could never get involved with them. She didn't have any of that. Praise God she didn't. So rule number one, yesterday is yesterday. It's covered by the blood if if you're saved. It's gone it's not coming back, so don't drag it with you. It, it's dead, and it stinks, so let it go. And I don't care whether it was a lady of the night decision. I don't care if it was murder. I don't care if it was just telling a lie. It all is the same thing because there's no sin on a curve. So no matter how little or how big, we all have stink. So we're going to cut it off and step into a new place. So she tells them, you're not in, in good shape here. You're in trouble. So I'm going to hide you because they're going to come to me because they saw you come in. And maybe they were wearing floor-length ram's coats or something. I don't know. But anyway, the, there was a knock on the door. And so she told them to go upstairs, and they kind of hid on a roof because that was the, the landscape around there. And they came in, and they said, well, those two men. And she said, what two men? Those two men from you know, some other country. Oh, the, oh, those guys. Yeah, they left her just a little bit ago. If you hurry, you can catch them. They were headed over that way. So she lies, she sends the men to another location, and then she keeps her mouth shut until the guys are gone, and then she calls the spies down. She said, okay, I have sent them over that way, so I'm going to lift you over the wall, and I'm going to send you this way, and stay there for about three days, and then you can get home safely. Then she had nerve. So not only did she let go of her past, but she had an unction and a nerve that she moved on. And she said, I know God's with you, and I know that you're going to probably take our city, but I have helped you, so I want you to take care of me and my family. Now, that's a gutsy move. That's a gutsy move. So not only did she let go of her past, she didn't have any guilt, whatever. She had a gutsy move to say, I want what you have. And God rewarded her. So he said, okay, have that cord be hanging over the edge. And when we come here, anybody that is in your home, we will make sure that they're safe. But if they're not in your home, we can't guarantee their safety. Which leads me to the next perplexing issue that I've always had. If you had a a relative, we'll say who was a drug dealer, a prostitute, whatever, and all of a sudden they came to you and they said to you, 
something big is coming down. And I know that if you come and stay in my house, which is not clean, not sanctified, if you come and stay in my house, you'll be protected. Don't you suppose she had to be somewhat of an evangelist to be able to convince her family that what she was telling them was the truth? Because in my book, I probably would have said, Sweet cakes, I haven't been talking to you since we were in grade school because I know what you do, and so does all my friends. I'm not coming to your house. I would probably be judgmental and would not want to step into being saved. God's word does not tell us whether or not her whole family was in there. We don't know how many, but we know that everyone that was in there was protected and saved. So she left her past. She was bold. And then she was an evangelist, not caring about her history, but stepping into what she wanted to do for her family. So sure enough, children of Israel come. She's got her family in that place. Everything crashes down because Joshua fit the battle of Jericho. The walls came tumbling down. But she was saved, she and her family. Now, I didn't connect the dots. And that's another thing that I so appreciate about Pastor Larry. He connects dots, and he studies things that I wouldn't normally study. So I didn't realize that Rahab is mentioned again in the Bible. Um, I figured she was really cool, and she probably had a good life, and that was all you know, well and nice. But in the New Testament, we're going to look in here because I want you to realize this stuff matters. Um, I don't know how many of you have, have read through the Bible ever, but, you know, when you get to that genealogy part, it sometimes gets pretty boring. And the first few times that I read through the Bible, I kind of skipped over it. And um, then God reminded me that's there for a reason. So I go through it now, trying to remember. The other issue that I have, and it's kind of like, um, okay, my name is Nancy. Some people call me Nancy. Uh, I have a title of Pastor Nancy. So some people call me Pastor, Pastor Nancy. Some people call me Mrs. Cole. Uh, Because that's my husband, Mrs. Don Cole. So I have, my grandkids call me Nana. So there are a lot of different names that I go by. And sometimes that's what happens in the Bible. They'll have a name and and the same person is a little bit down the road, but it's kind of a different name. So you really have to pay attention. You can't just be munching on breakfast and going through five pages of your Bible just because that's what you promised to do. You have to really kind of look and say, okay, show me something here, Lord. So here in Matthew, the first chapter, the fifth verse. So it says, and Salmon begat Boaz, and we know who Boaz is. Yeah, that's a great one. And then in parentheses, Rahab. I'll be darned. There she is in the lineage of Jesus. Rahab the harlot, the gal that learned how to close the door on her past, not carry guilt, not carry condemnation. The girl that was bold enough to step out and say, remember me. Hey, remember me. I've been listening. I believe those stories. I know God is with you. The girl that was stepping into being an evangelist to say, family, please come be in my house. We'll be safe. I know God's with these people. I know the city's going to go down. This is a wicked place. Come be with me and we'll be safe. She was an evangelist. And God allowed her to marry into the Jewish nation, and be in the lineage of Jesus. I know. I know. There are several other colorful characters, and and I have the privilege of teaching next Sunday as well. And so we'll go into more detail on three more women that it's kind of a surprise that they're in 
the lineage of Jesus. Because number one, we knew that he was going to come out of the house of David. And we've read the stories and we kind of know how all that went down. But sometimes we don't realize what God has sprinkled in there to give the rest of us hope. Most of you in this room, uh, well, maybe Tom and Connie remember Pastors Ed and Cheryl. And um, they were pastors on staff in Portland, and then they came to Texas, and now they're running our uh, Portland Stream Church in Portland, Oregon. And they grew up like Disneyland. Neither one of them, I think, have a testimony if they combine everything they did in their whole life. And so for them to understand and be able to relate to someone who's going through something, I mean, they had the heart for it. They had the biblical background for it. They had the education and teaching because they both graduated Bible college, but they didn't have a life experience. So when Pastor Larry brought me on board, and I was a pastor in training, and then he said he was going to ordain me, I always laugh and say, I really thought he was just was doing that to aggravate the other male pastors because I did have a testimony. I was not the one that baked the cookies and had the, 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 the lace tablecloths and, and the candles and so forth. That was corporate America. I did business. That was my marketplace ministry was in business. So I didn't quite fit the mold of the women at New Beginnings Church. But if you spend much time with our pastor, Pastor Tiz, that woman's got a business head. So when I came to New Beginnings and had a conversation with Pastor Tiz, it was like, I like you. You're smart. Not only are you smart, you're godly. Not only are you smart and godly, you're good looking and fun, which was really important to me at that time. It was like, I didn't want to be in a church where the pastor's wife, and forgive me, Lord, for my bias, didn't wear any makeup and her hair was just, and and she just was kind of chubby. That wasn't, that didn't fit my mode. I want, I had to have somebody that I could look at and go, okay, I admire you. I want to follow you. I want to, I want to remold myself, repackage myself so that I can follow and be one of your disciples. So that's what I found in Pastor Tiz. It was like, I like this woman. And the two of us taught many adventures many years later of all the things that we've done together. But I love studying the women in the Bible that aren't quite squeaky clean. I love Mary, the mother of Jesus. I'm so thankful for her pure life. I'm thankful for the the, the decisions that she made. Um, I am going to ask God, though, you realize that the angel came and talked to Mary until she got married, and then the angel never talked to Mary again? The angel talked to Joseph. What's up with that? I mean, she was the one that had to go through all of the embarrassment of being pregnant before she was legally married in the Jewish community, and that angel never came back to her. Well, anyway, I'll ask God about that when I get home to heaven. But New Beginnings is a church that's a full meal deal. Not only do we preach salvation, not only do we preach our Jewish biblical roots, not only do we preach all the stories in the Bible, but we also have a practical application to understand that there are several different flavors of people here in New Beginnings because each flavor has a different ministry. I honor and respect all the different flavors. And bluntly speaking, I get excited when I run into people that like my flavor and I find my tribe and can gather them. Today, Pastor Wanderson is going to be out doing a blood drive. This is something that's on his heart because he realizes the importance of having blood available. So when you came in this morning, you probably saw the two blood mobiles out front. If any of you are able to give blood, I encourage you to do so because um, it does save lives. 
Now, we have been doing those blood drives probably for the first year that Pastor Watterson has been here. And we now have a reputation with the blood bank. And they know that if they're short, they can call on New Beginnings Church because there are people there who will go to the trouble to donate blood to save lives. We will have an outreach, a Christmas giveaway. We have toys that are going to children in need outside in the community. And then we have another outreach that's to our own church family giving away toys, double dipping. We also on Christmas Day, for those who want to or have nowhere else to go, Pastor Wanderson is meeting here at the church at 8 o'clock, and they're going out to distribute all the coats that we've been collecting. Now, I was in marketing in the bank, and so when they put the boxes out there, I told Pavliana, as soon as that thing gets full, take all of them out and leave one in the bottom. Because <laughs> there's nothing worse than really scraping, making a decision, saying, okay, I'm going to sacrifice this coat that I love, but I want someone to be warm, and then coming in and realize that there's 20 coats on the floor. So marketing-wise, you always keep it. As soon as it's full, you take those out and, and just leave something in the bottom to prime the pump, but then let it keep filling. And I do need to tell you, we have emptied those boxes several times. Praise God. Praise God. This church, I know, this church is just a wonderful giving church. And so I'm thankful for that. So they're collecting socks and hats and mittens and coats and uh, sweatshirts, whatever, would, would keep somebody warm. So on Christmas Day, they're going to be going out and giving all of those away to the homeless. We no longer go out and do things all by ourselves, And there's a reason for that. Uh, Pastor Watterson was feeding the homeless, and he got ticketed because the food was not from a commercial kitchen. And so I know Connie is like, oh, go figure here. Um, so we partner with people who have those programs and have the licensing so that when we, our people go out, um, then they're protected and they're safe. Because heaven forbid that the two of you brand new to the church decide that you're going to go out on and feed the homeless, and all of a sudden you see the police sirens and so forth. It's like, no, 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 no. The church leadership, we have a responsibility to make sure that you're safe. So we partner with people. So he'll be going out on Christmas Day distributing coats, and then we also feed people. We also um, do a lot of work in other nations. We advertise a lot of Israel because Pastor Larry has been able to bridge the gap between Jews and Christians. Because most of the Jewish history, Christians have killed them or persecuted them, to say that you're a Christian is not a good news thing. But Pastor has a way of being able to not deviate from the truth, but to use terminology that's agreeable to our Jewish brothers and sisters so that he does not alienate them. And because of that, he has access to government leaders in Israel and all kinds of projects. I am proud of the work that he has done. Um, I believe that part of why Satan tried so hard to get him off track, addicted to drugs, and tried to kill him several times was because Satan realized what a gift Pastor had. Satan realized that Pastor Larry can connect dots that other people don't see. He'll teach something, and it's like, is that really in the Bible? Oh, my gosh, there it is. How come I've never seen that before? So praise God we're in a ministry where that's what's going on. The, um, did you hear that? Is that you, Lord? <laughs> I do believe that at some day we're going to hear something, and then all of a sudden we'll start floating up, but maybe not this morning. <laughs> Yeah, amen. So um, 
we'll just bow our heads and I'll bless you as we close. So some of you are volunteers and I want to make sure you get to your post on time. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for everyone who's here this morning and for those, Father, that will be listening to the podcast afterwards. Father, thank you that we don't have to be cleaned up and, and smelling good when we come to you. Thank you that you have allowed us the privilege of receiving the blessings and benefits that Jesus paid the price for. Let us never forget the horrendous price that he paid, and let us never forget that we are your chosen, beloved children. Thank you, Father. Now bless each one as they leave today and be with Pastor Tiz as she preaches. And all God's people said, amen. God bless you. Thanks for being here this morning.